Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez and I'm here with my co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez. And today we are going to do a brief episode responding to a question that we actually got from our website, strangeloveofmovies.com, asking us to rank the Baz Luhrmann films and tell kind of... If you haven't had time to listen to all of our episodes or you haven't seen the films, we're just going to do a quick recap of all six of his films. He's been working in the industry for 30 years and he has six movies. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Like, come on, man. He needs to turn them out a little faster. Am I right? I know. Yes. We were making the list uh, in order, like from the best to worst. And wait, there's another one in there. We got to number six. It's like, wait, what about number seven? No, he hasn't made seven. Yeah, but these past six weeks have been dedicated to Baz's career, and today we're going to be ranking the movies and just kind of recommending which ones you should watch and which ones you can skip. Yes, and we're always asking Strange Love's uh, massive audience to send us any questions you have, and somebody actually did, so we really appreciate you, um, the person who did, and and this is a direct result. Yeah, for sure. And also, you can always DM us at Strange Love of Media because we will answer questions there too. I should start doing Instagram Q&As and stuff like that on our story and stuff like that. But for now, this is the Baz Luhrmann ranking according to Strange Love. So let's start with number six, which number five and number six are both, you can really skip and do without both of these movies in your life. But we decided that the worst of Baz's films is Australia. And that is mainly because of the budget, correct? I agree. I think really the budget worked against him in this case because he felt like he had to make a bigger movie than he really needed to make. And it's so long. Yeah, and you know, and however, you know it's near and dear to his heart. Why? Because his latest project? Oh man, I don't want to talk about this. It's like a continuation of that storyline with the Drova and that whole thing about, what's it called, Land's End or something downs or whatever which was the original title of australia but anyway far away downs far away downs there you go it's kind of touching in a way i mean i think it shows he's very patriotic and proud of his australian heritage but um i don't think that it's as interesting to the rest of the world as it is to him and maybe in a netflix type extended series you know uh hbo max whatever maybe it'll work better it won't seem as long, but it's a two-and-a-half-hour two thing with 30-minute increments. Maybe it'll be better, but still, as far as movies go, I think you're right. It is number six. And the visual effects just do not hold up, even though they should, considering this is a huge budget. Okay, whatever. Number five, you can also skip this one, but it kind of helps you show how Bass has grown, and it is strictly ballroom. And the reason that we're putting this here above Australia, even though Australia is probably technically a better film and it's definitely better directed and all that because Baz had access to a billion cameras, a billion better actors probably. Yes. But Strictly Ballroom was his first movie. It was a tiny budget and you could see that this guy, he had something. It didn't look very good and it wasn't very good, but it was something. It was his debut. And so it kind of introduced the world to his style. And I think at the time it was pretty popular as a, as an independent film and so I, I think it really probably had a had an edge to it or had some unique qualities that made it of its time. Also, both what Australia and Strictly Ballroom have in common too, neither of them are tragedies, which we can't say about the next four films. And he does tragedy very well. He does. That's such a good point that we did not bring up in any of our podcasts, I don't think. But that is such a good point. So, number four, 
Baz's most recent film. This is no hate to the film at all. Well, it's hate to Tom Hanks. It's Elvis. So that is the fourth best, third worst. I don't know. I'm confused. I'd say fourth best because it's still a good movie. Yeah, you're right. And the performances and the fun and quick edits and the music and the story, everything was really excellent. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those when it comes on the streaming service. I think I mentioned this in the review of Elvis, but there are scenes I will watch again because I need to, I almost want to study them. How on earth did he do like this shot or that shot? And the performances are electric, just like, just like Elvis was. And you say performances, but I think the main complaint among at least two thirds of us involved Tom Hanks' performance. Mom loved Tom Hanks' performance. No, it was very I did controversial. Not, no, I did not love Listen it. Listen to the episode. Everyone... I defended it on some grounds of him trying to stand out, da-da-da. But I know the two of you hated it and really <laughs> thought it made the film, really affected the how you viewed the, the overall film. A friend of mine at work told me that Tom Hanks' character reminded her of the human Humpty Dumpty, and I could not... I was laughing so hard because it's so true. He just looks horrendous and sounds so stupid in this movie. But whatever. Go watch Elvis in theaters. I think it's still in theaters. And then you can listen to our podcast, which we just posted about it. And you can hear mom defending Tom Hanks. Yes, it was a schism, a strange love schism. We rarely disagree so much, but we really did on that one. And I rarely would be the one defending Tom Hanks. But anyway, (laughs) I had my reasons. So, top three. Here we go. The bronze medal for Baz. Mom, you haven't really seen this list, so you can beg to differ, but Dad and I believe that it's Romeo and Juliet. I agree. Okay, good, good. So, Romeo and Juliet gets the bronze. It's a great movie. I think most of our audience has seen this movie, whether it's because you're trying to get out of reading it for class or it's just hot young Leo DiCaprio and some other iconic performances. And just like it was 400 years after uh, William Shakespeare supposedly wrote all this stuff. Dad then, does not believe Shakespeare is the true writer. No, that's a separate that's podcast we'll discuss true. later. But, <laughs> but that, that movie still seemed as fresh as it did in 1996. Was it? Oh my so gosh, well. it was crazy. And it, and it just shows the timeless, the, the timeless quality of the original work and the timeless quality of, of the movie itself. So off mic, we just had a bit of a predicament because father and I, I think, agree with number one and two, but mama thinks otherwise. So I guess I'll say two thirds of our decision is that Gatsby should be second and Moulin Rouge is number one, but mom believes Moulin Rouge is number two. I think it might be number number two and Great Gatsby number one in my mind. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that Great Gatsby is probably my favorite Baz film, even though I Actually, I don't know. Moulin Rouge is up there now for me. But I mean, I've seen Gatsby way more than Moulin Rouge. But I think that something about Moulin Rouge is just so utterly unique. And it's it's not based on a novel, even though Great Gatsby is basically the best American novel of all time. It's just like its own thing. And they're just so quotable. And it's the music. It's just so fun. And everyone we know likes this movie. But everyone we know likes Gatsby, too. What is your reasoning? Well, I think that I love both movies, too. And I agree with you about Moulin Rouge being kind of standing on its own as a unique creative statement. And the music's great and the performances are great. And um, it's fun to watch over. It's definitely one of these rewatchables you can, you can view over and over again and see parts of it and enjoy anytime. But um, I think Great Gatsby has 
like all of those qualities, it has really good performances and beautiful costumes and great use of music. But it also has a serious side to it and a... So does Moulin Rouge, though. Yeah, it does. But I think Moulin Rouge, the serious side is more cartoony. More melodramatic. Melodramatic, yeah. Yeah. Soap opera-ish. And Great Gatsby, of course. I mean, it's drawing from excellent source material. So he started with an advantage there. But also just the fact that he took on such such a famous, great novel. And I think his... Filmmaking holds up well or matches up well with the greatness of this towering work of literature. She makes a good point. She really does. And I would say this, that both are great examples of of Baz being one of the best, if not the best director, uh, incorporating music. The music is such a big part of Moulin Rouge. And, I mean, it is in Gatsby, too, but since Milan Rouge is literally a musical, it just is kind of, I don't know, tops Gatsby to me. But really, we recommend seeing all three of these, our top three films. They are just excellent. Actually, honestly, all four of the movies. I mean, Elvis is great, too. We just haven't seen it as many times. We've only seen it once, so it's hard for us to judge. But these rankings are really, they're useless. It doesn't really matter, but this is just our opinion. And any other thoughts on Baz? I'll just say that I believe he's one of the few truly innovative filmmakers who sets out sincerely with the goal of, of reaching a broad audience and entertaining them, but also taking them somewhere they've never been before. Yeah. He does. I don't, I don't, I don't think he patronizes his audiences, but I also don't think he tries to shock them or or show that he is better than they are. I think he just wants to put his talent on display, and he knows that that's probably enough to really make make a two or three hours of great entertainment for most people. Yes, I think he really wants you to enjoy his films, and not every director is like that, not every artist is like that. They almost intentionally make it difficult to understand what they're even doing. But in his case, he really wants to make you laugh and cry and really enjoy it. So I, I think he's, if you watch any, you know, you could pick any one movie and there's elements of it that are pretty good, but it's stick to the top three. So Top four. Top four. Top four. <laughs> so, yeah. And I really think he is the kind of director, you can just dive into his filmography. Don't be scared or anything like that because he's just entertaining. I mean, talk to anyone and they'll say, oh, I love that Great Gatsby movie or I love that Romeo and Juliet, you know? And I wish Moulin Rouge was seen by more. Maybe that's why it should be number one because it just seems like the least talked about of those three. So maybe Strange Love, we're promoting that to you guys. I don't know. Moulin Rouge is great too. Anyway, follow us on Instagram at Strange Love Media. Visit our website, strangelovemovies.com. And again, ask us questions because we look at those and we will answer them. Yes. And also uh, a message to Mr. Lerman. He's welcome anytime on this podcast. Yes. Uh, we'd be happy to talk to you if you can fit us into your schedule. We'll see if we can fit you into ours. Yeah, we'll try, we'll try to find an, an opportunity to give him some time on our podcast. And we'll try to figure out the time difference between here and Australia, but we'll, we'll make it work, Mr. Lerman. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>